I'm Dr. Pamela, and today we are discussing your health, food, fitness, and fighting for your life. We talk about it often. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to exercise. I need to be healthier. I got to take better care of myself. I'm, I'm guilty. I do it a lot myself. And when we do this, we know when we do these things that it reduces the risk of health issues and it allows us to fight illnesses that threaten our lives and our livelihood. But even though we know this, we continue to struggle with the discipline it takes to stay on track. I know that for me, my motivation is not always in the right place. When my motivation is to be healthier and to reduce stress, I'm on point. But when my motivation is to fit into a certain size jeans, then I'm only temporarily motivated. So I believe that much of this has to do with getting our minds right. Our actions follow our mindsets and our belief. At least that's what I believe. Today we get to hear from a few experts to kind of validate or invalidate what my beliefs are about how we approach our health. Joining me today are health and wellness experts who all happen to have a passion for the fight against cancer. We have Mr. Damian Thompson, who's an educator, trainer, and coach, and he'll be joining us online on the phone from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And we have Mr. Jumani Palmer, trainer and owner of Uflex Fit. So, so much um, for us to learn today. We've got so much information. I'm looking forward to this. So, welcome, Jumani. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I um, And, and uh, Damian will be joining us shortly, but um, until he gets on, I'd love for you to share a little bit about who you are. I know that you were featured on CNN for some of the work that you've done um, with um, cancer. So tell us, tell us who you are and what you do. <laughs> well, yes, my name is Jumani Palmer. I'm the owner of Uflex Fit. I'm also the founder of the Uflex Cancer Foundation, which works in cohesion with the gym that I own uh, to provide fitness training for cancer patients. Okay. So um, basically, I help cancer patients uh, pre-treatment, existing, and post-treatment. And then obviously, I train um, student athletes and those who are uh, typically uh, just weight loss goals and so forth. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I started out as an engineer for about nine years and I left corporate in 2011, got a part-time job at a you know, local fitness franchise. And from there, just kind of took the roller coaster and here I am today. Wow. So engineering to where you are, do, do, do any of those, do they overlap in any way, shape or form? Well, I say I uh, engineer bodies now instead of ah, materialistic things. I like that. I like that. So you also wrote a book and, um, and I know the last time you came on the show, the, the, it had a different name and you've retitled it. Well, it's yeah, it's title? called uh, fighting cancer from within okay. and it's available on Amazon. And, um, it just basically, it's a short and sweet, uh, straight to the point book about things that we should be eating, some, some guides on different ingredients, different herbs and spices we can keep in the kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, as well as some meditation practices that I practice with some of my cancer patients that'll help you to kind of um, distract the brain from what you have going on when you've been diagnosed with such. I mean, it could just be, it can, doesn't have to be cancer. It could be any traumatic event. You know, you want to distract the brain and um, try to get better. Wow. Okay. And that's the first time I've heard that term. Even though I have the book, I don't know if those, that term distract the brain was in there, but could you elaborate <laughs> on that a little bit? So if you, you know, I'll give you a prime example. I had a, a regular client who uh, had a coworker. They worked for a bank of America and um, you know, my client came in one day and he was like, yeah, man, my, um, my coworker, he's going to the doctor this week. Uh, he's been kind of coughing and so forth. So he thinks he might have laryngitis or what have you. So, um, he came back in and he said, yeah, my, you know, my buddy went to the doctor, you know, on um, 
He came in on a, he said, yeah, I think it was a Monday. He said, he came in, he said, yeah, my buddy's going to the doctor today. I'm like, okay, cool. So um, his buddy, you know, you know, fine. Everything else is fine. He's just kind of coughing here and there and there. And so he um, goes to the doctor on Monday and gets diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and had never smoked a day in his life. Mm. Okay. Now, um, the guy, you know, here's a di- his diagnosis. And when I tell you on Friday, his buddy was gone. Wow. So, you know, the wow. brain is a very powerful tool. You know, we use it for a lot of things in life, you know, thinking and just um, our own thoughts. And, you know, your brain pretty much is controls your body. Mm-hmm. And so in my eyes, you know, once something like that, you know, as traumatic and drastic as that happens to you, then, you know, all the stress and all the negative thoughts and, and just the, the news that you got mm. will take over and cause everything to spiral in a downward direction. If you allow it to now obviously that's hard you know it's easy to say okay we'll just think about something else or you know pray about it it's going to get better but the fight is trying to distract the brain and say you know what you know it's not that bad i can beat this um you know let's do what i need to do because i I feel i honestly feel that had he not found out he had stage four cancer he'd probably be alive yeah wow yeah i mean and and i i don't know i guess that's that's just interesting to me. I mean, I'm sure people can debate otherwise. Oh no, it has nothing to do with that. But I do know the mind is pretty powerful, and I mean, take the pl- placebo. You say, you know you have somebody who's used to taking medicine, yeah. and you tell them you yeah. give them Tylenol and for their headache, and then you give them a, you know a sugar pill, and then you know 20 minutes later, oh I feel fine, I feel right. better. You know, it's the brain telling, oh right. I, I'm I'm getting medication. And it's going to help me. So automatically you feel like you're going to get better. Right. You know, just like when you get dressed and you're, you know, you feel good. You know, you look good. You feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't have any, you know, if you haven't showered and you, you, you're, you're kind of tired, <laughs> you, you know, you feel you feel bad. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, your brain controls all of that. Oh, that's interesting. All right. Well, stay with us. We've got a lot more great information for you on the live exchange. We'll be right back. Uncle Dan. Mom? Dad? If you store your guns properly, so not just anyone can get to them. I'll feel safer when I'm playing outside. Safer when walking home. Safer when my friends come over. As your neighbor, I'll feel safer. As a school teacher, I'll feel safer. We'll all feel safer. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hey, Dr. Phil here. You know, I help people solve difficult problems every day, but one problem has me stumped. Childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. Luckily, the Feeding America network of local food banks collects surplus food, giving hope to hungry children and their families. But they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Great leaders aren't born. 
They're made, and not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. -face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world. Make a positive change in yourself and the world. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com. People been saying to your friend, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. Don't worry, I know what to do. Know someone being bullied online? You can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Primary election. Lack of diversity. Gas prices. Michael Jackson. Trending topics. Okay, so right now, Hurricane Harvey and the effects of Hurricane Harvey have um, been devastating in Houston. Um, and, you know, the, the, the news is just full of heart-wrenching stories of people you know, getting away with just their lives, some people losing um, loved ones, a lot of people losing, you know, or being, you know, being disconnected with loved ones, even trying to find out where they are. Um, and so this happened on, um, I, I think August 25th was the actual day that the storm hit. Right. Um, and so it's been almost a week and um, there's a lot. So as of yesterday, 22 people have been reported dead due, due to the storm. Um, and then many celebrities, athletes are donating millions of dollars to the recovery efforts. I, you know, there's a lot of reluctance about giving money. People have been like, oh, you know, I've been watching this online. You know, I don't know how do I know the money's going to actually get there. And, mm -hmm. you know, there have been some scandalous activities that have happened around, you know, these storms. So, absolutely. Um, you know, so I do hope that the money goes to where it is supposed to go and that people get the help that they need. I mean, I agree. Um, and the same as, you know, giving five dollars to a homeless person. You don't know, you, if, don't know. you know, but we do it all the time. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, absolutely. obviously these people need help. And um, I think uh, I mean, if your heart is in the right place, I think the money will get where it needs to be. And yeah. obviously some of it will, may not. But I think in the big scheme of things, it does get to where it needs to be. Yeah. You know, and I think people need to be really careful. You know, I heard you know, the whole Joel Osteen. Oh, he's you know, he's he's nice. He's closed the doors of his church. And um, I think people need to be careful about being so quick to judgment but that's i mean I, I think so too but then i guess when you i guess if you see some of the evidence because i saw a video this morning because i was kind of wondering about that and why because mm -hmm. i mean you got to think about it from a business standpoint i mean a church is a business yeah, yeah. and you know obviously he cares about people but you know you want to have proper um you know security and just proper you know a proper Things plan place, to yeah. bring in i mean it's one thing you bring in 10 people right but you're talking about just opening your doors and bringing in a lot of people i mean obviously he has the, the capacity to to hold that many but right. if you don't have you know police or anybody there to kind of help instruct people where to go you mean you have, you might have a situation where you know people are getting jacked on the west wing or mm -hmm. people you know getting raped or whatever the case may yeah, be so no. you want to be mindful of that um, but, you know, because I did see a video, I guess some guy got there early and 
was videotaping like where there was I guess apparently no flooding yeah you know yeah. so that's why I was wondering about that because on, on the news CNN they show you an area but you don't know what area the church is in it's like oh this was flooded but you know I don't know if that was actually in the church or that was just yeah. something to cover up yeah yeah I mean and who knows I know that when the doors did open everything was in place they had the the nurses and mm-hmm. the beds and all of that and so um, you know, I don't have strong feelings either way. My yeah, thing is, you know what? The dude is helping, so let's just. <laughs> then you had that local furniture place. Yes. You know, who they opened, opened his doors. doors right away. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, and, he, and he's got $10,000 beds in there, people are just flopping on. Right. So, right, like I said, yeah. you know, I, you know, my, my big scheme of things, like if it had been me, I probably would have, you know, tried to open the doors and right get some away. people coming in. Yeah. You know, just because, yeah. I mean, if I got the money like that, obviously he does. Right. And you live in a, a state. $10 million house so yeah you're not hurting a lot yeah so so, so I, you know it, I think it's funny though how people just jump on things and people posting memes saying you know here's how much this person this person this person gave and mm-hmm. it's like well you know where where'd this come from I, I just want us to verify right our sources before we Absolutely. just jump on things because we, we judge and then you know local organizations in Atlanta like myself mm-hmm. ask for a two dollar donation or a five dollar donation and we don't get anything nothing yeah you know and yeah. you know where it's going right you know I'm training cancer patients right and so you know it's yeah. the same concept wow well and then one other thing you know there's there's a few other uh, stories I wanted to cover but this one I gotta, I gotta talk about Floyd May- Mayweather mm. <laughs> um, that fight just had a whole lot and, and I Damian are you on the line yeah, I'm here. Uh, okay, I want to bring you into this conversation. We're just talking trending topics, and uh, we'll introduce you in a second. But uh, the second trending topic, Floyd Mayweather, the fight happened Saturday. I don't know if either of you had a chance to see it. Oh, I watched it. Okay. Yeah, I saw it. Okay. I saw the spectacle. The spectacle. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a spectacle, and uh, it was, you know, a whole lot of, I mean, I guess that the hype is, is part of the business. I mean, you, you got to do that, and you draw a whole bunch of people. You make a whole bunch of money. You perform this fight. It is a performance. <laughs> and <laughs> somebody, you know, wins and somebody loses. But um, Well, in this case, both win. They did know. both win. <laughs> They did both win. You know, 100 million and 30 million. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not chump change. Right. Yeah, and that was just the guarantee for the fight. That's right. not the Floyd exactly. pioneered making a lot of money off the actual pay-per-view numbers. Yep. So he did that the first time when he fought Oscar De La Hoya. He gambled and won. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that was the biggest purse in fight history because he actually told them that I'll take less on a guarantee and then I'll take you know just give me a percentage of the pay-per-view numbers hmm. wow, wow. And, uh, so he's probably gonna make when it's all over and done with because the Floyd and Pacquiao fight I want to say they did 4.6 million views or something they're saying for this it's probably gonna be almost 7 hmm. and he I made 200 and like 220 million dollars off of the Pacquiao thing, so he's probably going to make around three hundred million off of this by the time the pay per view numbers come in. And then you factor in all of his team who fought the undercards. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is true. Oh, that and that that. What was the dude's name with the furry? Oh <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> I was like, dude, come on. What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I have a lot of I have a lot of questions and and things. But you know, the show isn't about this, so I, I won't go too deeply into it. But I, I was just, <laughs> <laughs> but all kinds of questions like, wait a minute, so that was a knockout? But it, I mean, I guess he couldn't fight. If you're not fighting anymore and you're just getting pummeled, it's no longer a fight, and they got to call it. 
So, I mean, yeah. yeah, but at the same time, I mean, he wasn't necessarily getting pummeled at that point in time. I mean, he probably could have stayed up. I mean, he would have been fine. I mean, he wasn't mad. I mean, he's he an called. MMA fighter. Yeah. So yeah. he's used to getting kicked and elbowed and stuff in the face. So, I mean, it. yeah, he could have easily handled. Yeah, I could see it both ways. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, had that been a boxer that for the last three rounds was just getting punched really without punching back, they would have stopped it. Had that been a boxer that got punched uh, for like a minute straight without throwing any kind of punch or anything, mm-hmm. they would have stopped it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, in MMA, they take a lot more punishment. But so you can kind of see it both ways. In MMA, they do take a lot more punishment, but it's for a smaller period of time. You know, because they take knees and elbows and and things yeah, like that. And clearly, you can see. Even though Connor has strength, he was like 25 pounds heavier. He's, uh, you know, he was taller. He no. didn't know how to throw a punch like a boxer. No, because he, he was he was really <laughs> connecting early on with Floyd. And had that been any other boxer, you know, hitting him square with uppercuts and stuff like that, that was 175 pounds. Floyd would have been at least dazed. Right. You know right, what I'm saying? Absolutely. He wasn't even phased by that. So. Yeah. I can kind of see it both ways where they would say, okay, this dude is not a boxer and he's not going to, he's not going to, it's probably going to take a minute for him to go down. So let's not let him get severe damage or something. Like just getting punched round because the last three rounds he was just getting. Well, I mean, and if we had any more power, he would, he'd probably be, you know, still not speaking English right now. (laughs) (laughs) With that, (laughs) we're going to go ahead and go to break and we're going to get into this conversation about fitness and uh, fighting for your life. We'll be right back. Great leaders aren't born. They're made. And not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world. Make a positive change in yourself and the world. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com. Vince Lombardi once said that it's hard to be aggressive when you're confused. Some of us think that taking our lives to the next level, both personally and professionally, is a confusing and complicated process. Guess what? It's not, and I can prove it. My book, Truisms, will show you how living your life by rules that are so self-evident and obvious, you'll say, I knew that. This powerful yet short, detailed bestseller is on sale right now, under $10. Go to michaelmcfadden.com. That's michaelmcfadden.com and let truisms help you to the next level. We're more connected than ever before. 90% of America's students use some form of social media, but not all of it's used in a good way. Hurtful posts online are leading to social isolation for many. Psychologists say it's bullying in a brand new way. Well, beyond differences in I Keep Safe, we're looking to change that with ideas for students, their parents, and even teachers. Take the pledge to be kind online and learn more at wearekindonline.com. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. 
I'm the boss, baby. You're not the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Are not. M2. Are not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. If you're looking for that ratchet, you're in the wrong place. It's the nation's urban internet station, Sensation Station Network. So today we're talking about food, fitness, and fighting for your life. And two of our guests today are, are experts in this area. We have Damian Thompson, who's on the phone, and Jamani Palmer, who's sitting here next to me. And um, just to give you a little bit of the research, today's research is brought to you by Red Door Consulting. Red Door Consulting, a boutique management consulting firm that prides itself as an innovative leader in brand development. Let Red Door Consulting upgrade you and your business today. Visit them at www.reddoorconsulting8.com. All right. So one of the things we're going to be talking about today is food and phobia. And the research I'm bringing up is the phobias around food because people... You know, some people are just like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. They don't want to taste it. They don't. They don't want to broaden their horizons. My my horizons got broadened when I moved to Milwaukee because um, in California, where I grew up, there were a lot of chain restaurants. So we knew our Jack in the Box, our In and Out, and you know, those were all standard. But when I moved to Milwaukee, there were like Cuban restaurants, Indian restaurants, African restaurants. Mm. I'm like, oh, this is different. So um, my palate expanded when I lived there. But um, I know that for some people, the idea of expanding their palate is, is literally terrifying, that there is, there is a real phobia associated with that. So today's research looks at um, food phobias. And just to define phobia, a phobia is an irrational an excessive fear of an object or situation according to the American Psychiatric Association. We usually associate phobias with things or situations such as fear of flying, fear of spiders, fear of dogs. Um, these type of fears, while inconvenient, are not normally ni- life-threatening. But food phobia, which is called sebophobia, can be severely can severely limit everyday activities and cause health problems, as you can probably imagine. Um, so there's a few different types of food phobias, and and this is really interesting to me because I've never realized that it got broken down into categories. You have a fear of new foods. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, this is the common one. You know, young children can sometimes sometimes have the fear of trying new foods. I honestly think this is my daughter's. I think it's beyond just being picky. I think it's a phobia. When I see her. Uh, new food put in, in front of her, I literally see the symptoms of sweating and anxiety <laughs> and just like a literal fear. And the one time I tried to force her to eat, it became, it was such a, she was traumatized. It was just, it wasn't like me when I was a little kid and my mom said, you can't get up to eat the peas. You know, it was something in, different in her. Um, the other food phobia is a fear of cooking. This is different. Oh, wow. um, this is called, not. This this pronunciation is it's major major cophobia, and mm. this is the fear of cooking 
and cooking for others, afraid the presentation's not good enough or that there could be a fear of overcooking or undercooking meats, um, that, you know, people are going to die. Um, it could include the fear of actually cooking with excessive worry over cutting yourself or burning yourself while cooking. So that's another fear f- food phobia. And the last one is fear of gagging or vomiting. Some individuals worry that they will gag or vomit when, when they eat certain foods. They may limit their diet to soft foods or foods that they have prepared. Um, and this fo- comes from worrying about foods not being cooked properly, being too spicy. Um, so the, the symptoms of food phobia is dizziness, excessive sweating, nausea, feeling as if you can't breathe, heart palpitations, and shaking. And I have seen the heart palpitations and shaking in my daughter, which is like... Whoa. So I wanted to put that out there on the floor. Both of you have um, really been educators about food and diet and that kind of thing. And I'm wondering, have you ever come across this kind of issue with anybody? And how have you addressed it if you have? I guess I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of clients, you know, know, when you're introducing new, you know, a new weight loss program and you're trying to get them to eat correctly, I I normally kind of wean them into it. So I don't just say, hey, you know, we're going to stop eating everything that you like and then throw them on a whole new different diet. Mm -hmm. What I do is try to work with them. So, okay, what foods do you like? And let's find the healthy items in those lists and then try to minimize some of the unhealthier items. In that, and then develop a meal plan around that. Mm-hmm. And then I will say, okay, you know what? Um, as a substitute for this, how about you try this? Now you have, you, know, you do have some pushback, but most of my clients have been willing to try. It. And the next thing you know, they're like, oh man, um, just like for instance, um, oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually switched to uh, chia seed oatmeal. And, oh, I never heard of that. Right. So it's, uh, you know, I get it from Kroger, and um, I tried. It. Actually, one day I went to buy my regular oatmeal and just picked it up because they're in the same you know the box looks the same mm-hmm. and i chose the cheesy oatmeal on accident so i got to you know my studio and i'm making my oatmeal up and i'm like okay the texture tastes a little different and then i was like man this oatmeal tastes good and i messed around mm-hmm. and after about three days i looked at the box and i'm like this is chia seed oatmeal <laughs> and then so i switched and then i told a couple of my clients about it and they're like no 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 and then they t- tried it and they're like oh man i had the best oatmeal ever so mm-hmm. a lot of times like i said you know they'll most of my clients have tried it um, you know, I've tried new things, but mm-hmm. you do have those situations where they're just like, ah, nah, I don't, you're not going to have me eating kale and spinach, are you? I'm like, well, you know, we can kind of find a help, you know, a happy medium. Happy, yeah, a way to do that. Right. So, Damian? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I've experienced it too. I did not know that it was a real thing. <laughs> like, actually had a title and stuff. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It's 2017. Right. I, um, <laughs> actually attributed it more to a fear of change Mm -hmm. because people Mm -hmm. are afraid to just deviate from what they know even if it's hurting them killing them whatever they're not getting the best results they just are afraid to deviate from what they know so i always attributed it to that as more uh, more so than a a food phobia Um, i think i think fear of change starts with an M2. It's something similar like metatheosophobia mm. or some something like that. <laughs> but I but I always attributed it to that. So I've experienced it as well. And um just like Jumani, um <clears throat> the way that I addressed it was really just from a psychological standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, saying that you know, if you always do what you always did, you kind of always get what you always got. You know, I think that might be a mom's <laughs> maybe quote or something. But then, you know, like, 
if you want something different, you got to be willing to do something different. You know, so if you want different results with your body and your life, your lifestyle as a whole, you got to be willing to do something different because we already know what you have been doing, the results of that, what that gets you. Mm-hmm. You know, so obviously the same approaches Jamani easing into it, you know, but yeah, I, I just I didn't I didn't even know the fear of the food was a thing. I just equated it to just fear of change in general. So mm-hmm. it's probably all interconnected. That's interesting. Well, I, you know, and I think it's easy to say, you know, if you want things, you want different results, do things differently. Um, but then the manifestation of that, the actual let's just let's do that is where mm-hmm. the block is for for so many people um, because right. they know they want different. You know, if they yep. could take a pill and make everything different, they would. Well, right. Yeah. The I mean, the, the, the thing with that is, you know, like I mentioned, distracting the mind about illness and so forth. This is not necessarily a mind distraction, but you have to actually make up your mind. So we can easily say, oh, well, I want, you know, I want a million dollars. I want to retire rich. But if you're not putting, if you're not applying yourself like you know you should, mm-hmm. you know, just like we all, you know, some of us who go to college, we know we had to do sometimes. We stayed up all night, studying all night, 24 hours, didn't want to do it. But right. we knew that was, a, that was the path we needed to take to get our degree. And so I have a lot of clients say, oh, man, I'm ready to work out. And then they tell me they're ready to work out because they know everybody else is doing. They see all the posts on Facebook. They see all the Instagram posts. It's a fad now. Yeah. It's cool to work out. So everybody wants to do it, but nobody wants to put in the work. I even had one client tell me uh, we started working out. And like after the second day, he was like, "That's a dude now. He's like, man, I ain't know it was going to work out this hard. I'm like, do what you thought we were going to do. <laughs> I mean, we're here to work out. I'm not, I'm not we're not here to, here to play. I mean, you can do that by yourself. Because you know, it looks good on TV. Exactly. And then you see everybody putting on all these entertainment videos like like they don't get tired. They're just doing exercise after exercise when you get into the mix and it's all live. You know, that's a totally different ball game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, when, oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. I, when, I, when I work with clients, too, um, I largely, not, not just the workout and, and the food, which is major, but I also... Um, like to implement actually changing their habits, mm-hmm. you know, like working on changing their habits. And so incrementally, obviously, with like the workouts, the food, e- even the whole time and on talking to them, I'm asking them, so how did you feel after the workout? You know, so how's your day going? How do you feel? You know, even when I have them track their food, like the times of the day, that they're eating certain things, I like to see and, and ask them and figure out what's going on with that because you can identify some of those triggers that way. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, some people are emotional eaters and, mm-hmm. and people think that emotional eating is, is always just bad. Like I'm I'm stressed I'm stressed out, so you know, I'm gonna eat something crazy, but emotion is emotion. Yep. So you also, a lot of people want to eat when they're excited, when they're happy, whatever. They still want to eat, <laughs> so it's me. still a form of emotional eating. So I work with different, that approach also with, uh, you know, just trying to change their habits. So there's a book by Charles Duhigg, The Power of Habit, and it talks mm-hmm. about how our minds work and how we formulate the habit, you know, through cue, routine, reward. And so if you can change something, in that process like so you know what the cues are what the triggers may be you know what i mean yeah. and so you can hopefully get them to change the routine 
that gets them to whatever reward there is, which is usually the feeling of a certain type of accomplishment or satisfaction or something. Right. Right. And and that's the thing is in um, what we were talking about in the beginning was the mind and how important the role of the mind is in this entire process. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have to. Well, I mean, you have to find you basically you have to find out what motivates your client because, you know, some clients just what they just want to lose 10 pounds and that's their thing. And then you have some clients who are all about the numbers. They want to see measurements. They want to see the, you know, the scale and so forth. So you kind of, you know, you you find what makes your client tick Mm -hmm. and then you run with that because then obviously even with the food, um, you know, you realize, okay, well, and I tell my clients, you know, you, you train your body, you know, how to eat, how to think. You, you train your body consistently. So right. if we train the body, you know, how to – and you, it's all about finding what works, too. So you know, right. all healthy food is not healthy for everybody. You know, broccoli, might, broccoli might make you bloated, and it might make me lose weight. Ooh, and as, really and as, an, as a quick example, I, 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 t- um, I did an example with one of my clients. I actually ate baked potatoes every night for a whole month, and I lost 10 pounds. I would love to And so, that. you know, they were like, dang, how'd you do it? I'm like, dude, I said baked potatoes it doesn't body. affect me yeah. like it affects some other people. Hmm. I love it. Okay, we'll come right back. We're going to learn a little bit more about that. Stay with us on the Live Exchange. One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council. There's a power you have within you unlike any other. You can't explain it. It's just there. It drives you, compels you. You cannot ignore it. Do you feel it? It's that power that tells you you can do the absolute impossible. The power that tells you you're more than what you currently are. The power that tells you it's time. Launch, move, skyrocket your life with Rocket Sports One Fitness Gear. RocketSports-One.com. Hi, I'm Viola Davis. Did you know that one in five kids in America struggle with hunger? Growing up, I was one of those kids. But we can solve this. When we make breakfast happen for kids in our neighborhood, we have the power to end childhood hunger, create bigger, brighter school days, and healthier minds and bodies. Go to hungeris.org and lend your time or your voice. We're hungry for more. A message from the Albertsons Companies Foundation and the Entertainment Industry Foundation. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, and father of five. I'm also an expert on drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids, and there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. And lead the drama to actors like like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. Your health is at stake. Diabetes, gout, high blood pressure, inflammation, and joint pain, even weight loss. It's time to end your battle. The Abundant Life Movement is dedicated to the building of generational health by transforming your water with the power of alkaline to improve hydration and fight against acidic and unhealthy conditions in the body. Here's a testimonial from Linda Rogers-Brown and Pamela McMillan. 2011, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I had no pain and no symptoms associated with that illness is a silent killer. 
I was introduced to Extreme X2O Alkaline Water, and within two days of drinking it, I was off all my pain medicine, and now with six years strong, no chemo, no radiation, no cancer. I am a three-time cancer survivor. I was born with thyroid cancer. By being on the alkaline products allowed me to be able to cope currently with colon cancer. Now I'm able to function and be more mobile within three days of being on the product. Extreme X2O, when the water you're drinking is damaging your health. Extreme X2O. For more info, Abundant Life movement.com or call 910-527-2260. And so a new American industry has been born. Sensation Station Network. Keeping your balance with Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. All right. So this week's healthy or <laughs> balance challenge is brought to you by BBLA Cosmetics. Breathe Beauty LA. The cosmetic company that's responsible for the look on my face today. <laughs> Check them out at breathebeautyla.com. So this week's challenge is to try something new. So when it comes to our health and our wellness, I know that I'm a creature of habit. I like to do what I know. My For years, the only thing I would do is get on the treadmill and I would do an hour workout. And it would be a run, run a sprint power walk workout for a year, two years. And it worked for me. I mean, honestly... I still don't really know why I don't still do that because that was the perfect workout for me. It worked. And people would say, oh, you need to train your different muscles to do different things. And you both will probably agree with that. But it worked and it never stopped working for me until I stopped doing it. So I know, though, that I need to challenge myself to do different, do something different. And then so when I did challenge myself to do something different, I discovered the elliptical, which I really, really like. Um, And then I tried to challenge myself to run you know, further distances and things like Mm -hmm. so. So, you know, but so that's what my challenge is for you this week. Try something different. It could be in the realm of exercise. It can be in the realm of food. My personal challenge for myself this week is going to be to challenge myself in the area of food. And that's a hard one because, again, I'm a creature of habit. I know what I like. I go to a certain restaurant, and I know exactly what I'm going to get there. If I have a taste for something in particular, the restaurant is going to drive where I go because I know Mm. what restaurant has the best version of that. And so um, Dr. Uh, Oz was questioned about um, the video What the Health. Mm. That's been kind of going around. Everybody's talking about What the Health, and everybody's talking about, well, I'm going to be a – vegan now because I saw what the health and in fact one person said even veganism isn't great after watching that he, uh, and I haven't seen it um, and he said I'm going to be a breathitarian <laughs> 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 I'm just not going to eat anything but but Dr. Oz was questioned, you know, is this the way that we need to go? Is what the health, you know, accurate, you know? And Dr. Oz did affirm that, you know, veganism is a healthy way of living. It does lower the the cholesterol and it does a lot of things, lower the blood pressure. But he said the best way to compromise on that is to just go ahead and do the 80-20 rule. So, you know, 80% Mm -hmm. of the time, eat that way. Eat vegan, eat healthy. And then 20% of the time, just do what you want to do. But if you do that, you're going to find that you'll have a healthier body. Um, unless, of course, you're already at 100%, you know. Right. <laughs> what do you all think of that uh, in general? I know that was a very general question, wasn't it? So what, <laughs> you, <laughs> what the health, um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if either of you have seen it, but a lot of people are talking about, oh, I'm going to be a vegan now. Right. You know, do you guys have any particular, I know Damian, for a while, you were doing the juicing on Mondays. Um, and you got a lot of people rallied around that whole idea. What do you? What are your thoughts on that, vegan? Yeah. So, with all of those things, with any diet, 
you should consult like a physician, definitely. I mean, ideally, if you're going to do a drastic diet change, I would recommend that you get blood work mm. and find out what's going on because, <clears throat> I mean, most of my life, I haven't eaten red meat or pork. I don't really eat fast food, different things like that. I have times where I don't eat chicken, I don't eat fish. But at the same time, you have to know where you have deficits. So if you're going to be a vegan, if you're going to be vegetarian, if you're going to be a pescatarian, if you're going to try the keto diet, mm -hmm. Atkins, anything like that, you need to know what's going on with your body. Because much like you were saying coming out of break, people in general are creatures of habit. They like to eat the same things over and over again. So if you're going to settle into veganism, being a vegetarian or whatever, more than likely you're going to do the same thing. You're going to find out, oh, this tastes great. It's whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat this all the time. But you may end up with serious deficiencies yep. um, with vitamins and nutrients because you're not getting some of the things that you were getting from other things. So mm -hmm. a lot of times when we're craving, you know, oh, I'm craving a steak or I'm craving this, you uh, oftentimes you're craving something from that that you would get, a vitamin or nutrient from that. Okay. So even when we're hungry, our body is craving nutrition so mm -hmm. that's why people who eat horrible food tend to eat more because you're going to be hungry an hour or two later once your body has realized i didn't really get what i was craving you know i didn't get that vitamin k mm -hmm. that magnesium that calcium or whatever i just got some junk it tasted good my stomach is full but i still need those nutrients need so before you transition to any type of diet like where it's a serious diet change, you I would recommend that you find out where you have deficiencies so you know exactly what you should be eating right. and figure out how to make that work for you. Okay. Well, in addition to that, I mean, the other reason why you continue to crave is that your body craves the state that it's in. So if your body is in an unhealthy state, then you're going to continue. That's why when oh. you when you realize when you start eating like, you know, something, like something good for breakfast and mm -hmm. your body really likes it, right. and then you get on that kick where you're doing it every morning yes. so now your body is used to it mm -hmm. so now it's used to eating breakfast just like when I, you know clients tell me hey, i don't eat lunch or i don't eat breakfast mm -hmm. well that's because you've trained yourself not to eat those you know at those times right because when you're a kid you go through elementary school you you, you have to eat breakfast you mm -hmm. got to eat lunch because those are provided right. and then you get home you have dinner or what have you and so you're used to eating three times a week i mean three times a day mm -hmm. at least at a minimum and so your body is hungry around those times but then you get to work you get to real life you got bills and you're trying to work through you know to f finish up a project and the next thing you know three days four days you you've gone through lunch without eating now your body's saying okay well you know, she doesn't eat during lunch, so I'm not going to get hungry during lunch. So you crave the routine. That's what you, yeah, your body is a, yeah, your body adapts and it's like, okay, well, since, since you know, Pamela's not eating lunch, I'm not going to get hungry now at lunch. So mm -hmm. now you don't feel hungry because you've trained yourself not to even be hungry. But that doesn't mean it's healthy. No, it's routine. not healthy. Yeah, no, absolutely right. not. Wow. Wow. So, okay, we're, we're going to go to break. And um, when we come back, um, I want to hear a little bit more about the the food things mm -hmm. that you the because you guys both have philosophies about food and i want to hear a little bit more about that so we'll be right cool. back on the live exchange one in seven americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime want to know how you can help 
GoToHereToListen.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council. What's a dumb way to listen to an awesome mix of urban hits? Start off. Too much sauce. Great leaders aren't born. They're made, and not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world. Make a positive change in yourself and the world. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Or not. M2. Or not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Radio, not dumbed down. Okay, welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and we are talking food, fitness, and fighting for your life. I'm joined by Jumani Palmer and Damian Thompson, two experts um, who who have a lot of great information about food and fitness. And we are also going to be talking about cancer shortly as well. Um, we had a couple of questions um, from Felicia Brookins, and she's on Facebook and following us live on Facebook. You can, too, uh, from the Sensation Station Network page. And she's saying... Some healthy foods are not healthy for everybody. She likes that. And she's asking, what skills do you use to help motivate someone who says they want to work out but still lack the commitment to make it a priority? Um, and I'm sorry, the question just got blocked. Um, gosh, what was it? Okay. And do you consider that outside factors can be a deterrent for them, like emotions, family issues, etc.? So how do you handle this as a trainer? Somebody says they want to do it but they're just really not following through. Either one of you can jump at this one. Okay. Well, um, like I said, with the whole mind distraction ordeal, and a lot of times you have those mental um, issues that are going on, say somebody lost a loved one, somebody, you know, and a lot of, one of the major ones is a lot of times when the female is um, is in a relationship and she breaks up with the boyfriend or he breaks up with her. <laughs> and so automatically I get a text and it's like, I can't make it this week. And I'm like, wow, what's going on? It's just personal. But and those are the <laughs> but those are the times when you actually need to be relieving stress. Yeah. And like I said, distracting your brain mm. because now you're at home just thinking Wild about the relationship yeah. like oh what could i have done better why could you know what could i have done this and why did we break up and that's called complicated grief by the way right so, <laughs> so then you know what, instead of doing that so you know what i'm going to go to the gym i'm going to have me a good good workout mm-hmm. you know i'm going to continue reaching my goals and then that way you release some stress while you're in the gym i mean that's the whole point that's one yes. of the, you know one of the positives of going to the gym and working out is relieving stress absolutely absolutely damian you have anything to say about that um, yeah, with the, just to add to it, um, same thing, but with, as far as outside influences, I like to, uh, I like to tell people and kind of help them, not just tell them, but, you know, I 
to help them to get in the mindset of starting to kind of influence their surroundings more as opposed to being influenced by their surroundings. Mm. So typically, if you're, say you're, you're the mom and you do most of the cooking, you know, the people typically eat, you, you cook what people like to eat, but at the same time, you know, if you are going to cook differently for yourself, because if you're going to have bad things and you're preparing two, three meals a day for different people, you know, two different dinners and stuff like that, you're really kind of setting yourself up for failure. So you have to be more of an influencer as opposed to being influenced by your surroundings. That's and good. if your surroundings are uh, in any way just kind of ridiculous, <laughs> then you have to kind of not only before you influence those surroundings, get yourself in the right mindset and see what kind of subtle changes and stuff you can make to just make those things better. So accountability oftentimes with trainers, especially in this day and age of information, people Google everything. They can read everything. Mm -hmm. So they hire trainers um, not necessarily for what we do, but what we know and for what we're going to, uh, how we're going to help them be accountable. You know what I mean? Because you can, after showing them certain exercises and stuff like that, if you're doing it the right way, they'll know what to do when they get to the gym, but there's also that accountability to yeah, correct the exercises, make sure they're pushing themselves a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And now, and all those factors come into play with outside influences and, you know, things that may be going on crazy at home or at work. So. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's that's um, one of my, <laughs> you know, I don't have a trainer, and part of the reason is because i just a creature of habit. I want to do my own thing the way I do it. <laughs> don't anybody push me harder, so let mm-hmm. me do it the way I do it. It's You know, that's not healthy, you guys. I'm not advising that. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it because you're right. That's what we do. You know? And a prime example, I actually have a, um, a family that I train at their house. It's a husband, wife, two kids. Mm-hmm. The husband... He's cooking everything under the sun. And so every time when the wife would come to my studio, she's like, well, I can't lose weight because my husband's, you know, he's cooking grits, eggs, bacon every morning. You know, at night he's (laughs) he's got the brisket on the grill and and he's he's got all the mashed potatoes and the sauces. And I was like, well, we just need to educate him. So when I said, well, let's try to get him signed up for training. Mm. And she's like, well, he don't really have time to come over. I said, well, you know what? I'll come over there. Um, I'll see what you got in the kitchen. I'll make some healthy recommendations. And so then he started, you know, they started kind of doing a challenge. So I kind of put them against each other. So we oh. could lose, you know, who could lose the most amount of weight okay. and so forth. And so he started cooking like with olive oil and he started frying less things. And so they got into it and he had lost like. Um, 10 pounds I think in one month or whatever mm-hmm. and he was beating her and so now he had started getting motivated and like let me continue on doing what I'm doing Right. and then she was all getting kind of upset like well, dang, why is he losing weight <laughs> you know and I'm not or whatever so, it's hard to compete you know. with a man when it comes to weight loss though because it's just a and whole y'all got different hormones and yeah all it's, kind of it's stuff. a whole different world so <laughs> well we're we're going to get into <laughs> love notes am I too soon love notes <laughs> with Dr. Pamela 
All right. So today's love notes are brought to you by Peasy Heads Lemon Butter Cream. Let Peasy Heads bring out the best natural you. I've got it in my hair right now. Check out their services and their products at www.peasyheads.com. And those are two Z's instead of S's. So today's love letter comes from Shamel. And it's funny that you bring up the husband and wife example because her situation is related to her marriage. She says, Dr. Pamela, I am very active and I'm in shape. My husband is not. I have tried for years to get him to exercise with me and to care about his physical well-being. He says that he wants to do better, but he never does. He is stressed, and I know that this can lead to more health issues and that exercise can help with his stress, but nothing I have done works. Is there anything I can do to get him to commit to a healthier lifestyle? This goes for either. I'm going to let you guys take this one. Yeah. Testing. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of times it's, you know, having that heart to heart with your companion Mm -hmm. and showing them, hey, you know, I really care about you and I think this is what we should do. And and, and, and it goes both ways. I actually had one client, wasn't that serious, but I had one client who she's like, I can't get my husband to go to the gym with me. And I always go by myself. And, I, you know, I'm there and I'm kind of just feel like, you know, I'm going through the motions. I said, you know what? So when you go home tonight, uh, when you go to the gym next, I said, I want you to go home and tell your husband that there's these two guys that are always looking at you and they've tried to hit on you several times and they just won't leave you alone. Uh-huh. And I said, and see what he does then. I said, see if he goes to the gym with you then. <laughs> and she was like, you know what? I'm going to try that. And so she tried it and she got him to go to the gym with I'm her. I'm sure for some guys that would definitely work. Yeah. Right. But, well, you know, probably for most guys that would work. Exactly. And so, and you know, like I said, it's just about really, and like with the, my clients that I go to their house, you know, I told her like, look, let's just have a heart to heart. Because I mean, health is, is serious nowadays. Right. I mean, you got, you know, 30 year olds dying of, you know, strokes and so forth. And, yes. you know, it's all about the foods that we're, you know, partaking in. And, and it's, you know, really about sitting down, addressing what's really on your heart and not just sweeping up under the rugs. Like, oh, okay, well, he'll get with it. He'll get with the program. Right. And sometimes they have that mindset, well, if I go to the gym and get me a trainer, he's going to do it. That's not going to happen all the time. Right. Yeah. So go ahead, Damon. We have, we have yeah. about 30 seconds, Damian. Okay. Well, similar when i train i train people at their houses too and um so then i can do more to get more people involved with the music turn on all the lights engaging everybody Mm -hmm. hey grab this weight do this do that the kids and different things like that so that tends to help too if more people in the family and more people are around us involved and you're doing it in an environment where they would normally be chilling and are comfortable and you kind of make it not as easy for them to chill (laughs) Mm. yes yes that was perfect all right we'll be right back Welcome back to the Life Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. Today we are talking about health and wellness, and we want to make sure that you guys have the information you need to live healthier lives. Joining me today are experts, Damian Thompson, educator, trainer, and coach, and Mr. Jumani Palmer, trainer and owner of Uflex Fit. Um, and both of them have some very similar areas of focus. And so um, I, and I don't know that they realize how much they have in common with regards to the things that they have worked on, but I get to see them on social media 
posting um, and they're and I just like ah, I got to bring these two together because their philosophies um, are not necessarily all the same but they coincide and so I thought it would be great to bring both of them here so thank you for joining us we're at the second hour of the show the first hour went so fast we didn't even get to touch <laughs> on some of the things that I wanted to touch on um, and so I like what Damian was just saying about you know how you know to get all the family involved and mm-hmm. even what you were saying Jamani making it fun making it competitive um, and I think that in answer to the question of the you know the, the person who wanted to know how to get her husband involved um, you know it, it can really add spark to your marriage you know if you know and, and maybe that can be a way of approaching it you know let's add more spark more life you know this will enhance our sexuality together if we get healthier together you know and um, I mean I don't know you guys are probably have more experience with how how to best word that and how to best you know approach that but I just think that being willing within your marriage to get involved together in a healthy way is going to enhance the relationship. That's true. Uh, but also, you know, when you're talking about relationships, you have to think about the, the root of some of these issues. True. If you know your companion was never an active person, if you know they mm-hmm. never hit the gym, if you know they never liked working out, right. and then now you get married and they were fine when you met them. But then, of course, you know, age takes over. Yes. Um, you know, uh, atrophy and so you know you stop working out so they start to gain weight and now they're not as attractive and you don't lust for them like you used to Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times it's about being honest with yourself and realizing hey if this person's not active what's she he or she going to be like in 20 years am i still going to want to be with them and if they if you know that they're probably going to not want to work out as much as you want to motivate them to Mm -hmm. then that person is probably not the companion for you so sometimes you put yourself in a bad situation just because you want to date that person <laughs> potential potential <laughs> right exactly look good on paper but yeah yeah you know yeah that's that's interesting um one of the things that i wanted to bring into this conversation was the um the food and mm-hmm. how so both of you have been involved in um working with fighting cancer in mm-hmm. in in different ways and both of you have also um put out there how food can aid in that fight against cancer so um so two things i want to know how you each got involved i know this is probably going to be a long-winded answer so we can try to condense it if we can but how you both got involved with your work in cancer and, and what it is you you do with it Ooh, silence. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. uh, well, so, so basically, uh, when I was uh, working at a franchise gym, they actually gave me a lady who was diagnosed with lymphoma. And she was in remission at the time. So long story short, I ended up training her. And uh, within five weeks, um, you know, she was she started uh, she broke down in the middle of a session, started crying, just kind of started confiding in me about how her husband left her when she got diagnosed. Mm. And that whole shebang. And then at the very end of the uh, conversation, she just said, you know, Jamani, thank you for helping me to stay alive. And so that statement alone, you know, kind of resonated with me after she left because it was pretty deep Mm -hmm. because, you know, everybody else is complaining about, you know, trying to lose 10 pounds or two pounds and or not coming to the gym because it's raining outside. And here this lady is 62 years old, working out six days a week Mm -hmm. just because she felt she had a second chance of life. Now, when I got home that night. Um, I was checking my Gmail account and came across an email that said how to become a cancer exercise specialist. Mm. And I thought it was a spam. I was like, what really, you know, how coincidence could this be? So I ended up um, checking the email out and it was a cancer exercise training Institute out of Oregon. And they were going to be at UAB in about three or four months later. And so I registered for the, uh, the program, um, ended up going through the program, getting my certification. And then I just sat on it until I was able to have enough money to open up my first small office studio to train cancer patients. Wow. Wow. 
That's that's pretty amazing. <laughs> that's the short version. Yeah, the short version. <laughs> <laughs> and Damian, um, I know that it hit home much more personally for you, and um, and you got very much involved. Um, can you? Would you mind sharing your story? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> again, it'll be a challenge to do a condensed version. I know. I know. I, right. I can pull it off. <laughs> that that was the silence. <laughs> okay, early like on. How do I? Hey, where, where do I start? Yeah, yeah. it's a big story. <laughs> so, I know. Needless to say, I was um, I was in another. I was actually in Georgia, back and forth between Georgia and Wisconsin, and um, I've always been involved in healthy eating, exercise, all that kind of stuff like that. And um, I prayed going into a new year, and I wanted to be in a position to. I asked God to put me in a position to help my family more. So, you know, they always say, be careful what you pray for. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought it would be financially, you know, because I had money and I was thinking, I'm going to have more money and I can give everybody jobs and do all this kind of stuff. So I started fasting um, from midnight on Sunday to uh, midnight on Monday, but oftentimes it would end up being more like 36 or more hours because... If I if the last time I ate on Sunday was seven or eight o'clock, I wouldn't wake up to eat. And so after about two years of doing that, um, I found out that my sister had cancer. And the way that I found out was they called me when I was in town, leaving out to Atlanta, and they said that your sister has a couple hours to live, so everybody should come see her. And, that's and it was how they completely. Found out. Yeah, it was completely blindsiding because she had just had twins. She had carried oh. them full term. And at the time, the twins were maybe three months old, you know, and we're not a sickly family. And she had just had a birthday. I had just seen her. So I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to you gotta be some stuff in the middle. How do you skip from all of that to, mm-hmm. oh, we found out she has stage four cancer. She's going to die, blah, 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 blah. So... Yep. So I went to the hospital. They said that she was not healthy enough to be transported to the hospital here. That's the one of the top cancer places in the country. She was that sick. They couldn't even put her in an ambulance. So I came there. Um, you know, we prayed. And the first thing I did was I asked to see her chart, you know, for nutrition and uh, what she had been eating. And the doctors, nurses didn't know. They were like, oh, we don't know. We don't know what she's been eating. I talked to her, come to find out she hadn't eaten anything in a, about a week. Mm. And then she was full of all this medication, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I'm not a doctor. I go to the store. I buy a bunch of stuff. We pray. I give her what I know to give, you know, to balance some things out, what she depleted from, blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, oh, it's a miracle. Not that the prayer didn't work. But they were like, she's healthy enough to be transported into the ambulance. And then it was just a day-to-day thing. So I stayed with her all day, every day. I was juicing, Mm -hmm. um, giving her, put her on an alkaline diet, doing all these different things. And she made amazing strides and to the point where she went from hospice to them sending her home. So I'm so, going to stop you there because we have to go to um, a break. And then um, okay. I want you to restart. So just kind of remember where you are. And then we'll, we'll okay. be right back. Okay.
seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council. Okay, so five tacos, a cheese, and a large soda. That's $10,012. Please drive around. Wait, 10000 what? It's obvious you're buzzed and driving. I've only had a few. I'm fine. Yeah, the food's 12 bucks, but getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Please drive around. Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. JBT 700 Miami Circle 30324. It's not a chain. It's a chain reaction. Invest $49 a month at a real gym. For more info, go to Facebook.com forward slash Jeans Body Tech. One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back to Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and we are talking about health and food and fighting for your life. Um, give us a call. I haven't given the number. <laughs> 678-613-5857. You can call or text that number, and we will answer your question. We'll get you on the air. 678-613-5857. And I'm joined by Jumani Palmer and Damian Thompson. Damian was just in the middle of telling us the story of um, of his sister, and um, and I'll let you continue, Damian. Yeah, so... um. Like I said, she went from being in a hospice. So actually, I had a palliative care doctor who are the end-of-life doctors pull me to the side and say, you know, we've been seeing you bring stuff in in jars and doing all this kind of stuff, and we don't really know who you are or what you're doing, but keep doing it because you're doing more for her than we can. Wow. So, I mean, it, it it was a really powerful... No. time um she was able to come home and she did a lot better she eventually passed away um but she lived a lot longer than they said she would live mm-hmm. and honestly she just decided she didn't want to eat that way anymore you know she was like you know all these restrictions because she was she's a was a great cook mm-hmm. she baked a lot stuff like that and you know i mean it was a lot of stuff that i wouldn't let her have and kind of say okay you can only have sweets one time a day and stuff like that so um you know but that was my motivation and then from that point on i decided to focus a lot more on that because i used to work predominantly with athletes and stuff like that so i wanted to work more being in a hospital being in icu being around all these people that were hurting and pain and families and seeing the distress that was taking place I wanted to be more involved with helping people from, you know, with, with a much lower baseline and helping people that were completely broken and mm-hmm. things of that nature. And I just always felt that food was the way to go because, I mean, my great-grandparents, Big Mama, all of them, they lived to be 98, 100, and all these different things like that, and we are a part of their lineage and we have all these ailments at 30, mm. you know what I mean, and your at 40. was 30, so, 30, 30, Yeah, my 30 sister was 32? 35. 35, okay, mm. yeah, 
Yeah. So so you so you guys went from a diagnosis of she has a few hours to what was it about four or five months? Yeah. She, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Exactly. I mean, and it, I mean that's just so powerful. I mean, and, and I'm I'm. I, you know, I, I'm sorry that this is, has to be your story, but I also love what you have done with this story and the fact that you, I don't know if you realize the impact that you have on people with um, the, the knowledge that you have and how you're educating other people. You're effectively saving, both of you, other people's lives because you're empowering them to be proactive about their health ahead mm-hmm. of time. You know, what if your sister had known this stuff well ahead of time and had just put this kind of stuff into practice there are other people who this is going to benefit them because down the line this would have been their story you know and so it's it's so powerful what you guys are doing um with with just food just thinking about what food alone can do yeah that's true um and i think uh what was her name they had the question felicia so yeah so felicia had mentioned you know, how are some healthy foods unhealthy for others? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and just like Damian had touched base on, you know, doing your blood work and so forth, a lot of times you can have food allergies. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a food allergy to kale and spinach and broccoli and, and you know, carrots, and then you can t- consistently eat those foods because, oh, I'm making my smoothies, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, not knowing that you're actually adding inflammation in the body mm. and you're, you're swelling up and you're gaining weight and you're wondering why, that could be the reason why. So, you know, it's, it's about finding out which foods are actually healthy for you, regardless of what, you know, fitness science says. You got to right. do that study and really find out what really works for you. Right. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to go to another break um, and just stay with us. We'll be right back. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. I'm more resourceful than I thought. My suit can still make an impression. My video games are still game changers. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Now my stuff gets a second chance. And will give someone in my community a second chance too. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. That's Goodwill.org. This message brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures, a stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college. This is beyond a simple donation. It's the opportunity for America to invest in its kids and take an active stake in the future of the country. The return on your investment isn't money. What you get back is knowing you protected our potential. So one day, that potential can grow up to become surgeons and architects, executives and engineers. People who can change the future just by being a part of it. My name is Alicia, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. 
A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. People been saying to your friend, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. Don't worry, I know what to do. Know someone being bullied online? You can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool. And by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Primary election. Lack of diversity. Gas prices. Michael Jackson. Trending topics. Okay, so also trending. In the first hour, we talked about um, Hurricane Harvey and how... Um, the you know the, there was a lot of um, criticism of Joel Austin as a result. Well, there's also been a lot of criticism of our president and how he has um, addressed the hurricane. Now, um, there, let me see. I think one of the um, the critiques is that he had kind of a quote mini rally in Texas, claiming, "Oh, what a crowd! What a turnout!" He didn't say what a turnout, but right. just kind of like, "Wow, look at this! Is the biggest storm ever in history?" It was almost as if, "Yeah, this happened under my watch. This is, you know, the biggest. This is going to go down in the books, kind of thing." And his his approach to it was very um, heavily criticized because it was there was not a lot of empathy expressed, but more so, "Wow, look at you know how amazing this is." Um, again, he did not use the word amazing, but <laughs> but. <laughs> That's been kind of how people have described his reaction. What's also very interesting and entertaining is the fact that we have a lot of um, devout um, Trump supporters who are also devout Obama haters Mm -hmm. who have basically created or pitted Obama's response to Katrina against (laughs) Trump's response to um, uh, Houston Harvey. The only issue here, though, is that Obama was not president at the time of Katrina. <laughs> Katrina <laughs> happened in 2005, people. President Obama was not uh, elected till 2008 and did not take office till 2009. Right. So if you uh, Google the words Obama and Katrina, that'll be a nice little, if you just want some entertainment, you can kind wow. of read all of the critiques of how Obama responded to Katrina, um, although it was a non-existent <laughs> connection there because there was no such thing as Obama being president during Katrina. He was a senator, a junior senator in Chicago at the time. So, um, and then the other thing is Amazon recently purchased Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and on its first day as, as owner, the prices at Whole Foods were cut. And, we, you know, we all want Whole Foods to be less, cheaper, mm-hmm. right? They were cut by as much as 43%. Can you imagine that? Whole Foods? That's almost 50%. You can now get that $2.79 organic avocado for $1.99. That's what I'm talking about. Hello. See? Opportunities <laughs> to eat better. So <laughs> so um, one of the things that I, um, I, you know, I can't remember exactly where I was going to go with this, this next thing, but I'm just going to, I know that one of the things I want to talk about is Damien's juicing mm-hmm. every Monday juicing and Jumani's book on, you know, fruits and mm-hmm. vegetables. And it's a very colorful, it makes you want to take the fruit and the vegetable out of the book and just <laughs> eat it because it's just very bright and vivid. Um, is there any particular philosophy that each of you have about eating that you think people should Consider. I, I, and I agree with going to see a doctor before you just adopt any different diet. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I think well, Damian and I are pretty um, 
on the same page with you know with the eating I think and actually in 2009 I did a case study on myself where I basically ate about 85% alkaline foods mm-hmm. and and fluids and what's that for people and basically alkaline you have alkaline and you have acidic and mm-hmm. so basically on a pH scale you know you you're going to have uh, your alkaline foods are everything pretty much above you know seven and a half on up to you know 14 15 or so forth and so you know the more alkaline a, a food is the well from fitness science the the healthier it is for you mm-hmm. and so when you have an acidic diet like i told you about the whole craving state that your body is in right if your body is in an acidic state and that's you know you're eating a bunch of sugar and you're eating a bunch of you know just junk food then that's all your body's getting and so now um when your body has to go through homeostasis to balance everything out you know it's one thing if you're eating 80 percent healthy and it doesn't you know the body doesn't have to work that hard but say for instance you're eating 80 percent unhealthy and 20 percent healthy and now your body has to work that much harder to try to balance out all the acid that you're putting in the body right and so if you're already an unhealthy person you don't work out that much then your body's going to have to work a whole lot harder to make those changes happen and to make those balances in your chemistry happen mm-hmm. and so um, and that's how the whole alkaline you know typically works as far as keeping your body in an alkaline state because uh, science says that bacteria cannot exist in an alkaline oxygenated in an mm. oxygenated environment oh, and that's where he was going with you know giving his sister the juicing and everything alkaline and so forth to try to give her as much power nutritional power to fight off because you know our bodies are designed to heal itself right you know but you have to give it the fuel and the ammunition to do so wow wow Damian yeah, I, I say that, just to add to that, that we should eat for the times. And, and by saying that, I mean, like, before we ate for necessity. So we ate for, um, eat more for time, I should say. So before we ate based on what we needed in ancient times, now we eat more so for taste and what we want. So you have to figure out a way to make what what you need what you want and that's by making it taste good so with all of the gazillion books out there and chefs and youtube videos there are no excuses so if you know that you need to eat better you need to eat healthier but you know you like for things to taste great then figure out a way to eat for the times and meaning to eat for taste and figure out a way to make it taste better you know, mm-hmm. so there there are no excuses. You got books, you got recipes, you mm-hmm. got things online. So you know you need to eat better. You know you need to move in a different direction. So move in that direction, but don't set yourself up to fail by saying, I have to eat this, but it, it tastes terrible. Because you can make <laughs> it taste Absolutely. And to give people a quick little recipe. So, for instance, say you want to have some, some fish or some baked potato or whatever but you know a lot of people want to put the the butter and the sour cream mm-hmm. and chives and all that kind of stuff on it you can take a simple uh some coconut oil you know season your fish if you want to do lemon pepper whatever don't overdo it you can get the mrs dash or whatever but season it and i throw a little bit of extra coconut oil in the pan when i'm sauteing the fish mm-hmm. and so therefore i saute the fish and once it's done i have my baked potato ready and I take the seasoned coconut oil that I cook the fish in oh. and pour it over the baked potato. That's such a good idea. So therefore, it's you know it's a it's a different taste, but it tastes good. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a healthier way to get your essential fat, you know, fats and, and oils and so forth. Wow, that's a really great idea. And so when you did your your month long baked potato thing, you didn't mm-hmm. pile it with cheese and no, no, no. Butter. I just I mean, because I don't really have to have it. To me, to me, to me, <laughs> so that made it. That's what makes it fun. To me, a baked potato can actually replace meat. 
to me. Wow. So that's why I didn't I didn't eat meat that whole month. I just had baked potato veggies and my you know my fruit salads and so forth. Wow, that's like wow, that's really fascinating. Okay, well. Um, we're going to come right back. I'm just thinking, like, uh, I'm stuttering because I'm thinking, gosh, I need to have you guys just come back so we can just give recipe secrets. This is good <laughs> stuff. But stay with us. We'll be right back in the Life Exchange. Great leaders aren't born. They're made. And not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. -face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world. Make a positive change in yourself and the world. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures, a stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college. This is beyond a simple donation. It's the opportunity for America to invest in its kids and take an active stake in the future of the country. The return on your investment isn't money. What you get back is knowing you protected our potential. So one day, that potential can grow up to become surgeons and architects, executives and engineers. People who can change the future just by being a part of it. My name is Alicia, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council. In the interest of science... Science. 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 Okay, so today's science is actually one of my favorite theories. And um, so self-determination theory is a theory by Desi and Ryan, and they did a lot of their publishing on this work in 2000. But um, there are a lot of different models for self-determination theory. And so um, I'm not going to focus on the traditional model that I've talked about before, which looks at... Um, competence, autonomy, and relatedness as being the keys to being self-determined. This time, I'm going to look at their model on extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation. And um, it's interesting because we, you know, this fits right in because we're talking about changing our lifestyles. And, and I think it's important for us to understand what 
is going to be more sustainable, a sustainable form of determination versus which is going to be kind of a temporary thing. Um, and not to demonize those who've got temporary motivations. You know, there may mm-hmm. be good reasons for that. But um, just as long as you know why you're doing what you're doing. This is, called, this is called goal contents theory. Um, it grows out of the distinctions between intrinsic and extrinsic goals and their impact on motivation and wellness. So the goals are seen different differently according to basic needs and satisfaction and are differently associated with well-being. So extrinsic goals um, are goals that are more things that are, you want to accomplish them for more external things. Um, for example, financial success, um, appearance, pop- popularity, or fame. Things that people can see on the outside and that people can observe. Those are the reasons why people will set goals that are more extrinsically um, that are more extrinsic. People who have more intrinsic goals. Um, they want to benefit in um, from the standpoint of building a community, having close relationships, um, personal growth, internal health. Um, and extrinsic goals are more likely associated with lower wellness and greater ill-being, which is interesting. So if your reasons for um, losing weight extrinsically, you know, I, I just want to fit into this dress and that is all I care about. I don't care about my health. I don't care about longevity. I just need to fit into this dress and look good in it. Um, if that is really is the extent to your health and wellness <laughs> behavior, um, it's not sustainable. It, it doesn't last as long. Um, whereas if you want to, you know, exercise because you want to um, feel better about yourself, you want to um, have more energy, you want, you know, a longer life. <laughs> right. Those are all intrinsic. Um, intrinsically motivated goals. Mm -hmm. Do you see this kind of thing? Did you see this play out? Does this seem applicable to the work that you each do and as you work with people to accomplish their goals? Oh, all the time. I mean, and that's when you have to show them, okay, you know, weight loss, the scale is not the end all be all because you know every woman wants to to see the numbers go down guilty right and so you know when you're working out you don't realize okay you know when you work out you break down your muscle fibers your muscles get inflamed so when you first start working out there's a good chance you might gain weight just because your muscles are getting inflamed and so forth yes right but at the same time you can take a woman who's 160 you know and has you know 40 percent fat on her and then take a woman who is uh say 170 and be lean and look uh, lighter than the one mm. lady who's you know twenty pounds heavier. Interesting. So it's just all about you know incorporating those you know those extra goals. So for instance, instead of just saying weight loss, I said, well, you know what? Let's see how if we can get you to you know to bench eighty five in the next three months, you know mm-hmm. eighty five pounds, and let's start reaching uh, or suggesting other goals aside from just the, just weight, the loss. weight loss. Yeah, that's interesting. Perf- yeah, because I know that when I was um, in my best. Mm-hmm. Um, a phase of working out, it was all about stress relief. It was all about, I just want to burn off the stress. I want to be able, and I always felt so much better um, because I don't know, for me, that was the best way to release the stress. And so um, when it became something about the numbers, mm-hmm. it was a totally different level of motivation, you know? So I definitely felt the difference. Anything you'd like to add to that, Damian? No, I mean, that's that covers really it. the same. <laughs> you know, when it comes to those goals, it's not, you know, it's a, I can say it different ways, but it's going to boil down. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So one of the things that is um, pretty 
that, that I hear a lot. And, you know, you can respond to it to the level of your comfort um, because it's kind of controversial. But the whole pharmaceutical conspiracy theory. Um, I was looking at an article in Forbes magazine and um, the, the, the article basically addressed the, the whole idea that the pharmaceutical companies don't really create um, – you know, medicines and, and treatments that, or, you know, that, that heal, but that it's more about managing health issues or treating health issues, but not necessarily fixing them so that, that, you know, more money can come into the industry as people are sick. Um, Drew Smith had, um, kind of a comeback to that. And, um, and the comeback was to the question of how valid are skeptics, skeptics' arguments that pharmaceutical companies aren't trying to cure deadly diseases because doing so would impact their bottom line. Um, and his response was that it was is pretty outrageous that, that people would make such claims because, um, you know, that's what they're there for. They're there to, to help people, to heal, to create a, a healthier society. Um, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are about that. <laughs> well, I, um, I, I guess uh, to do another condensed answer, yeah, I feel you can always way. have, I mean, we have Trump as a president, and you can take that however you want to take it, but we have Trump as a president. He's a reality star. He's completely ridiculous, and not to say that Hillary was like the ideal candidate, but we have Trump as a president. I said that to say that you can find someone to substantiate whichever claim you want to state. Mm -hmm. But I always say the proof is in the put. You know, I, I'm not the only one who said it. It's an old saying. Mm -hmm. You know, it is what it is. It's just right there. So if you look at cancer, for instance, we talked about cancer a little bit earlier. Chemo has been proven to be, what, like 97% ineffective? And they still do it. That's like their primary form of treating people. Mm -hmm. So I can't tell you what your motivation is. You know, I can't say you're doing it for money, but I can say that we supposedly have taken people on the moon and, you know, and they have all kind of amazing ways to recycle certain things and do all these this crazy technology. I mean, a, a satellite can see the year on a penny from outer space but we can't come up with something that'll treat cancer that will be maybe 80 percent effect you know what i mean like 97 percent. so it's only three percent effective and that's been proven over time and this is your science and but you still do it so why why do you still do it so i can't say it's for money you know I, okay i won't say that argument but well tell me what it's for Mm -hmm. What in what other field and what other area could you be that ineffective and still continue to do it? It would be completely ridiculous. Hmm. Well, Damian, I, I, I'm with you on that, brother. But um, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It is for money uh, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, you know. I know we feel the same way, and like I said, you've had much closer uh, experiences with it. I mean, obviously, I've dealt with a, quite a few cancer patients, but when I had one cancer patient come in. And from one day of treatment for breast cancer, it was 70 grand. Gosh. And you're talking yep. about how many people get diagnosed with breast cancer every year. Yeah. And you're trying right. to tell me that 70 grand per person per day that they go in for treatment, you're going to give that up and say, okay, you know what, let's just go ahead and cure it in a week. Mm. You're not going to do it. I mean, it's not, it doesn't make good business sense. So what, what are we going to do? So just like any, any type of item you buy, you know, these microphones, your car, it all has items on it that will depreciate. 
Now, they can make a perfect light bulb. It's been done. You can make a light bulb that'll last forever. But if you do that, nobody's going to buy another light bulb. So same concept. Let's create and use science to develop a procedure that we can say, well, it does work in some individuals. Yeah, if that individual is probably already healthy, their immune system is, is, is in top-notch condition. So that way, when you shoot all these bad drugs into their system and it kills all their all their living cells, they're healthy enough to re- rejuvenate. Mm-hmm. But then the other half of the you know the community who never worked out, they've been eating unhealthy, and they just kind of oh. their their cells just like ah, no, nah, we can't handle that. Mm-hmm. And so, Hello? But, yeah. yeah, can you hear us? Hello. Yep. Yeah, we here. can hear you, Damien. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but so when you when you so when you tell us that okay, well, this is the best form of treatment. How can you say that mm-hmm. if it's not money? I mean, same thing with the NFL. I mean, you got NFL that can only use certain certain drugs, you know, for pain and so forth. You mm-hmm. know, there was a special on that where you know guys were going to you know cannabis because obviously they weren't getting hooked on it and it was making them feel a lot better. But they were getting hooked on these other drugs that were. Uh, recommended by the NFL mm-hmm. because they had these pharmaceutical contracts, right? And they couldn't go outside of that. Wow! So you can't tell me it's not money, you know, you know, financially motivated. At least some in some way, shape, or form. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's that was so interesting because when I was um, doing a lot of research on this, I um, have I have a cousin who was diagnosed with, with um, breast cancer, and mm-hmm. she's fine now. But um, there, and also in you know talking to Damian during the time that his sister was ill. There was this this um, I don't know if you've heard of soursop. Um, mm-hmm. It's a juice. It's a fruit actually mm-hmm. that comes from and a lot of other countries, um, third world countries, use it and they swear by it as something that that works and helps to reduce cancer. Right. Um, and now you know, of course, the, the 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 articles that I've read, you know, there's been some what do you call it? You know, oh that's not true. It hasn't been researched by the you know, FDA. And so we can't, you know, validate that. Mm-hmm. And, and while that may be true, it doesn't hurt. Does it hurt right. to consume foods that may be cancer fighting foods? Exactly. No, it doesn't. I mean, because, you know, you don't know, like I said, we're all different. We all have a different genetic makeup. And if, you know, if, if broccoli bloats me and it makes you lose weight, then, right. you know, we can't just say, okay, if broccoli is bad or broccoli is good, it's going to be good. Sometimes it's going to be bad. Right. Right. So, exactly. You know, like I said, it's all about figuring out what works because, yeah, you're good. Oh, so, um, so yeah, so like even with a lot of my research, you know, baking soda was used by a couple of scientists to distribute baking soda locally to a cancerous area, mm-hmm. and it completely depleted the cancer. Wow. So, like I said, but because baking soda is free off the shelf for a dollar, it's a little too easy, right? <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, I'm Viola Davis. Did you know that one in five kids in America struggle with hunger? Growing up, I was one of those kids. But we can solve this. When we make breakfast happen for kids in our neighborhood, we have the power to end childhood hunger, create bigger, brighter school days, and healthier minds and bodies. Go to hungeris.org and lend your time or your voice. We're hungry for more. A message from the Albertsons Companies Foundation and the Entertainment Industry Foundation. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life. 
Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Our freedom and security are made possible through the service and sacrifice of our military and first responders. The Gary Sinise Foundation provides many outreach programs supporting these brave men and women. Join us. Donate at GarySiniseFoundation.org. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Coming to Tampa Bay, I said we want to win a Super Bowl, and I believe we will. From IamSecond.com. We came close, but never really did win that championship. Former NFL head coach Tony Dungy. At the end of my sixth year, I was fired, and it was one of the biggest disappointments of my life. Next year, I'm in Indianapolis, get to the playoffs, but get knocked out again. And for the next couple of years, it's the same thing. Everyone is saying Colts are never going to win one. And I did wonder why didn't it pan out the way I thought it would. But I determined that I had to have Christ first and that everything else came below that, including my own desires. The next year, that ended up being our year to, to go to the Super Bowl and win it. And it was a wonderful feeling. Every decision I make, I'm going to make it through the lens of Jesus Christ. And he guide us to that ultimate victory. I'm Tony Dungy, and I am second. This is big business. This is the American Station, Station Network. See ya. Keeping your balance with Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. All right, so this week's balance challenge is to try something new. We've talked about a lot of things that you can try today um, that, you know, so this week I want you to try something new. Think about something new that you can do with the way you eat, something new that you can do with the way that you um, exercise, um, even something new that you can do with regards to stress and relaxation, something that's going to help you in your health. Um, for me, I'm not going all the way vegan. I like I can't do that. But <laughs> but I am definitely going to try Dr. Oz's 80/20 rule. 80% of the time eat well, eat vegetables, eat healthy. And then 20% of the time, you know, go ahead and do what you want to do. Um, you know, of course, with some discipline. Don't don't go completely crazy. Um, but I do I love I'm sorry. And and he did mention the whole thing with the pigs on the side of the road, which was pretty nasty. I do love bacon. Oh my god, I love bacon. Me too. <laughs> Especially candied bacon. Ah! So, um, yeah. So I will do that in moderation. I won't have it every day. So <laughs> not that I do. Um, but so that is your challenge for this week. And the challenge, the balance challenge, was brought to you by Red Door Consulting, a boutique management consulting firm that prides itself as an innovative leader in brand development. Let Red Door Consulting upgrade you and your business today. Visit them at Red Door Consulting number eight. Dot com. That's Red Door Consulting 8.com. And also brought to you by BBLA Consultants. That's Breathe Beauty LA. They are the consulting company, the cosmetic company that is re- responsible for the look on my face today. You see it. 
yeah, they did that. So, <laughs> so before the break, we were talking about the pharmaceutical industry and, um, you know, just kind of what's going on with them. There's a conspiracy theory. There's lots of conspiracy theories out there. Um, and then, uh, Damian, are you still there? Are you able to hear us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I'm here good, now. good, good. I wanted to give you an opportunity um, to to engage in the in the conversation um, before we moved on to something else. But um, but we, you know. Basically, Jamani said, "I'm not afraid to say it. It's about money." And um, and yeah, I, I, I wasn't afraid to say it. I just well. wanted to say, if you take <laughs> the conspiracy out of it, then right. put the yeah. onus on them to explain why you know right. you're using something that's so expensive mm-hmm. as Jamani so eloquently expressed, <laughs> and also so ineffective. And you know, was, explain that. Yeah, and and by so expensive, he gave the example of a seventy thousand dollar bill for which you know is so heartbreaking because this diagnosis can you know of, of cancer can really be a you know bankruptcy. I mean, you're yep. the destroyer of your finances completely. Right. Um, right. Just just by getting diagnosed, I mean, what are you going to do? You know. Right. So to add, even to with that. the Food and Drug Administration, though, we have. I mean, I just returned from overseas uh, literally a couple days ago. We have almost 40 items as far as food additives and preservatives and stuff that are banned in pretty much every other modern civilization. Mm -hmm. You know, like almost 40 that they use here, and we're supposed to be the leader in all these different things in the world. I mean, even with something as simple as a microwave, when they came up with that technology... There were, there were like 15 countries that were like, yeah, we see how it works, but no thanks. Mm. Thanks, but no thanks. Wow. You know, so there are a lot of different things where they can try to act like they don't know, but we've lived long enough now to know the results of it. So maybe 200 years ago, 100 years ago, you mm-hmm. can say you didn't know, mm-hmm. but every time you look up now, they have some infomercial or some commercial about some medication and before it used to be stuff that you never really heard of you know you would say oh what is this oh if you've tried this now it's starting to be like i remember that commercial they were running that four years ago five years ago and it's always these class action lawsuits Mm -hmm. and all these Mm -hmm. different things like that but after people have died already you know so if you knew that it caused that and if if it's at a point where you where the company can be sued, then obviously you have the data. So you're you're passing things through and using them on American people, either A, before you have enough data to see how it affects us, or knowing that it's going to affect you in an adverse enough way and not letting people have a choice to say, well, do I want to possibly get cancer or this or that to, like, not have heartburn or lower mm-hmm. my cholesterol? You know, in most cases, they would probably say, and eh, I'll pass. Yeah. Wow. All right. We'll, we'll be right back. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Or not. M2. Or not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. 
Major key alert. Don't ever play yourself. The key is to make it. So make it. Learn the real major keys to getting to college at GetSchooled.com. Brought to you by GetSchooled and the Ad Council. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Great leaders aren't born. They're made, and not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world. Make a positive change in yourself and the world. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com. Welcome back to Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and uh, we are talking about food and fitness and fighting for your life. And um, there's a lot of really great information that's really hard to contain into this two-hour block of the show. You would think two hours is more than enough to cover everything, right? But um, there's so much more. There's so much more. Even during the break, I was telling Jamani that, you know, I decided this week I was going to try to, like, do vegan just three days and just try it. And I couldn't I didn't even make it to the morning because I was like, wait, I can't have cereal. I can't have eggs. <laughs> I can't have turkey bacon or none of that. Oh, you didn't prepare well. I didn't right, prepare. Exactly. And that's the key. Like, you have to plan when you do these things because, you know, stuff was not in my house. And I'm looking, mm-hmm. I'm seeing eggs and cheese and there's no, it's, it wasn't going to happen. I, now, I did have, I do have tomatoes and cucumbers and avocados. Now, I could have made a really cool meal with that, but I would have, I would have been hungry still. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> avocados can be pretty they filling. Are fi- like they are pretty bad. filling. Yeah. They are. But I would have still been hungry. I need my meat. I, I you know, <laughs> but I, you know. I don't know. I, I can. I probably need to plan better because I would like to try it. I would like to try it. And, and Dr. Oz said three days. Give it three days. If you try it three days, mm-hmm. I guarantee you're going to feel a difference. And I want to. I want to feel that difference. I just want to see what it feels like. Well, you so what did you last about three hours? No, I didn't even. I decided Sunday night I was going to do it. I didn't even make it to the morning. At <laughs> uh, the morning, I had cereal. <laughs> so. But I mean, that's, that's just like with any any client, though. You know, you, you tell them, "Hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to eat," and you know, and you ask them, like, "Okay, what? You know, are you do you eat healthy?" And they always respond, "Well, you know, I'm I'm 85 percent healthy." And then as soon as I ask them, lie. "Okay," I, I get them on my whiteboard. I'm like, "Okay, what did you have uh, yesterday?" Well, you know, yesterday I kind of went off on the. I'm like, so you, just, you just told me, you know, you've been eating 85 percent healthy, but right. now it was yesterday. So no. and and then too, like I said, you know, Damon has his clients track food until you actually track what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you can assume because you're gonna forget about that that little cookie because it was so minute to you. <laughs> you know, it was empty calories, even though it was about 600 calories. You're gonna forget about it because it didn't do anything for you. Right. You know, fulfilling wise, and so yeah, you got a plan. Um, you know, just like you you, you budget. You know, your finances to pay all your bills. You got to budget the same way for your food to give yourself the nutrition that you need. Wow. I would love to have a personal chef. I think that would solve a lot of my problems if I just had a personal chef. 
That would be awesome. Unless you told him to cook you nothing but meat. No, I, I would tell him, <laughs> I need you to come up with a vegan diet that feels like meat. Absolutely. And, and, <laughs> and they would do it. <laughs> That's yep. what I would want. So tell us, both of you, how people can reach you um, and, you know, if what you can do for them. Do you, are you offering any services right now? We'll start with Damian. Mm-hmm. Well, I can be reached at <clears throat> on all forms of social media. I am just Damian Thompson, D-A-M-I-O-N Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N on Facebook. I am Soul Electro, S-O-L, and then Electro, E-L-E-C-T-R-O on Instagram, and I am Soul Electro 1 on Twitter. So I can be reached at all of those um, on all of those platforms. And right now, I am not currently taking any clients i'm i'm full full but i am always available to answer any questions and to just help in any general way that i can um providing advice resources and then even guiding you towards someone who may be able to work with you now so i probably won't have anything opening up for like another month okay and honestly i think you guys need to partner on this cancer thing i'm just saying (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, that, that'd be, I mean, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm with it. Definitely. Yeah. I, well, I, I can be reached uh, on all social, social media at UFLEXFIT, and that's the letter U-F-L-E-X-F-I-T. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Jemani.Palmer. I mean, well, Jemani Palmer is my personal uh, Facebook. Uh, my studio is in Smyrna. I'm at 1600 Roswell Street. I also uh, am the founder of the UFLEX Cancer Foundation, and I'm actually looking for uh, cancer patients who are either a just recently diagnosed going through treatment and also post treatment uh, because I'm actually going to be looking to do um, raising some funds, which is the whole point of the cancer foundation. So that I can actually train you all for free. Wow. So if you have someone um, that is looking for some help, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm available and I actually have a, not a charity, a golf tournament coming up in October, October 21st. It's called the pink fit uh, charity golf tournament and that found it and that uh that particular tournament is going to be used to raise enough funds to offer free training for breast cancer patients wow wow okay and it, was there was that the event that there was not one in september then there's no well I, ha- I had a i was gonna i was gonna do a meet and greet because okay. i've, I've partnered it. with i will survive um <clears throat> and uh so we're gonna get together but we're gonna probably end up pushing that to november because they got okay. a lot of stuff going on in october as well got it so we're going to try to get that going in November. But, yeah, I'm looking for cancer patients now. Okay. All right. That's that's pretty great. Um, thank you both so much for all that you do um, because, I, I, you know, I don't know if you realize how important it is. If nothing else, even if people like me are not exactly taking the action they should be taking, at least it's in our heads, it's going to happen. The more we hear it, the more we are likely to do it. So thank you for being so willing to speak out and put yourselves out there um, to educate the rest of us. Um, so we are coming to a close. Thank you for tuning into the live exchange where we exchange compelling dialogue around love, politics, and intellect. Join us next Thursday from 11 to 1 right here on Sensation Station where I will be joined by two mindfulness experts. So that goes hand in hand with what we're talking about today who will share the secrets of the power of our minds. Dr. Tanya Lowe, founder of the Riot Starters Movement and the Resurgent Group, along with coach and minister Mr. Von Wrighton. I am Dr. Pamela and remember, love yourself to life dance in the dark, and dream wildly unrealistic dreams. Have an awesome week.